Let's bring in Sadie Brockmeyer. She is the president of Recovering Hope Treatment Center here in Mora. Sadie, my dear, you know I love having you in. How is it going today, hon? It's going good. Uh, I know I was like, I'm not ready to talk about it, but they just had the legislative session updates come out and... Um, it always grinds my gears when you can see the numbers of people needing access to mental health and access to substance use and not seeing that reflective in the in the where the money is going from the government on how how we're helping people. So you probably caught me at a bad time because I just this read is, it as I was, I was walking in. Timing is everything. Absolutely. But. Yeah. And I mean, you fight for that because this is what you do. You help people. And Recovering Hope has been around now for, am I right, seven? Yep, I think uh, we'll be celebrating our seventh anniversary here in August. Okay, and just for somebody listening for the first time, when Sadie's been in with me, Recovering Hope is a wonderful facility. It's right off the frontage road on 65 off of, and I should remember the name. Um, Roland Road. Roland. I don't know why I can't remember that name. But anyway, Roland Road. They've been back there all those years. They've expanded. It's a facility for, give us that elevator speech. We have two programs. We have our residential program where we have clients that come from um, across the state of Minnesota and sometimes outside of Minnesota for substance use treatment. And we're one of four family treatment providers here in Minnesota where a mom can come to treatment with her kiddos. Uh, and it's just an amazing program that really focuses on reunification and making sure that we can heal families together. Uh, we also have our outpatient services, which is more community-based with clients from around the Pickham area, the Pine, Isani, Chisago, Mille Lacs, um, and Kennebec area. Uh, we have about 70 clients enrolled in our outpatient services right now. We have telehealth uh, and in-person, and we have uh, those services morning, afternoon, and evening for both. And so it's been fun to to watch the telehealth services grow and expand outside of just the emergency COVID stuff where we had to do it and to find benefit in flexibility with people's schedules. I've had individuals who are able to do their whether it's mental health or substance use treatment while on their lunch breaks at work or, you know, we have sometimes like construction people uh, sitting in their cars where they don't have to tell their coworkers. They just are like, up, I'm going over to have my lunch and they pull their car over in front of like a McDonald's or, you know, eating their lunch. But also getting, getting the care and service that they need because it is such a challenging world that we're in right now from, you know, the fear and anxiety and political things and, you know, the, um, what is it, uh, inflation, all of the things that come with where the world is right now can really take a toll. And, you know, I, I, in a sense, joke that everybody can meet what's called adjustment disorder, which is uh, in our lovely mental health diagnosing book, uh, because we're all trying to just adjust to this post-COVID world. Yeah, it's tough. And meeting people where they are by the availability of that telehealth is awesome, because I know some people, you know, depending on their situation, they physically, it's very difficult for them to get to something like that. In fact, one of the things is, they are so they have so much anxiety getting ready for the appointment is anxiety so the very thing you're trying to get help with creates more anxiety that's the world we live in right now so this telehealth is a nice opportunity it kind of takes that added stress out of that situation then they people can get the help they need so it's awesome
And one thing we've seen with telehealth too is just new mothers. There's a lot of um, stigma around, you know, postpartum depression and anxiety or even during pregnancy. And I just think about myself with the anxiety of having it. My baby's two now, but when she was younger was like, okay, the roads aren't the best. It's icy. I have to make sure that I've got the baby all bundled up, dressed in the car seat. Like it's a lot of work to get your kiddo out of the side of the house. To Especially be able in the to, winter in Minnesota. To pop right. into a, you know, a half hour drive potentially to be able to have your one hour appointment. Um, and it's just opened a lot of doors and accessibility for, especially in our world, new mothers. Um, and one of the things that we are working on and should have kind of up and running in the next couple months is a group for moms for substance use that would be telehealth so that if you've got your kiddos and you uh, can put your headphones on and, and learn a new skill um, while still being able to parent, you know, if your kids are playing together nicely or which I say nicely, no one, like <laughs> in a perfect world, or to be able to, you know, hop onto your sessions during nap time and be able to learn kind of at your own pace and also having that care and understanding. If you've got an infant, you can still, you know, breastfeed or change a diaper and not feel judged by your, your group mates um, that you might in a in-person group. So we found a, a few different value adds, so to speak, for some people that might not be able to act, have any services to be able to do the telehealth. Yeah, it's very neat. Well, let's talk a little bit about your adolescence program. Right now, we're in the process of waiting for our license to come through uh, in the state of Minnesota to do anything you have to. Uh, you can tell I'm <laughs> a little bitter <laughs> with uh, the state of Minnesota today, but um, it does take a little bit. Uh, we've been working on it for about three months now, so you would think, right, in in a in an area, especially here in Kennebec County, where there's not a lot of co-occurring uh, group services for adolescents that they'd be a little bit more speedy on getting us that license but we want to make sure that we're doing what we need to to stay open and um stay in compliance with all of those things and so our goal is to hopefully have things up and running here in the fall um we really want to focus on our substance use group being about family work that's our mission that's what drives everything that we do and for our substance group is we want to be able to have the teenagers learn a skill right and learn language around like emotions and social learning and also be able to teach that same language and those same skills to parents so that they can practice together. Um, in my previous work, I worked at a, a mental health what do you call it, a mental health group in a, that was embedded in the school district. And so after school, instead of going to like baseball, I had kids that would come and do, uh, we called it uh, the emotional, what was it? emotional development group or something. Okay. And so I would have a group of like eighth graders, six, six to eighth graders come and we would learn those things. And then I would be able to spend some time with the parents teaching them those same skills. And then we'd get the kids and the parents together and we'd practice them, whether it was creating an emotion thermometer where we would have like, okay, what is a 10 out of 10? Like the most angry you can get. And what's a zero look like? Because a lot of times that zero isn't anything, but one might be I start to bite my nails or five might be that I'm really fidgety and I'm not focused and 10 might be I'm screaming in my room, right? And being able to have the parents walk through what each of those numbers look like and give that language to a parent to, so that they can ask like, where are you at on your emotion thermometer? And kid can say five. 
then parent kind of has an idea of like, okay, this is still workable. We can still put some actions into place versus an eight might be, all right, here's the plan that we created when we were at zeros, which might be you're going to be able to go to your room for 10 minutes, you know, take some time, listen to music, and I'm going to come check on you in 10 minutes. Right. Whatever that plan was so it's not unexpected and it's already – kind of pre-crisis created. And mm-hmm. those are the skills that we want to be able to provide to families that are in need, especially in that adolescent piece with substance use where the substance use might not be like addiction or like a physical dependence, but it's more of a that acting out cycle of, you know, I look at it as the emotion creates a thought that creates a behavior. And sometimes those behaviors are helpful and sometimes they're unhelpful. So if I'm feeling lonely and my thought is that nobody likes me and I sit in my bed and I don't answer my phone and I don't, you know, shower, then I'm going to have that reinforced because if I'm not getting phone calls, right? People stop calling if you stop answering. And so then it reinforces like that feeling of loneliness, which then reinforces no one likes me mm-hmm. versus starting small and being able to say, I'm lonely, no one likes me, but my dog likes me, right? Mm-hmm. right. And then I can be like, I'm going to take, you know, my dog's name is Kevin. I'm going to take Kevin on a walk. <laughs> and then, you know, I go to the dog park and maybe I meet somebody there that also has their dog. And even if we don't talk to each other, I might feel that a different connection between somebody right. who also cares about dogs. And then my fe- thought goes or feeling goes from I'm not as lonely to one person likes me. And then it kind of repeats that cycle of helpful behaviors. And it, with teenagers, a lot of times that might be substance use because as we know, there's a reason why people use substances because it feels good. It mm-hmm. makes them feel better or numb or gives them that gives them an outcome that's wanted. Mm-hmm. And then as we know – the more that you use substances, that more that that feeling goes away and the more consequences you get. And so it stops becoming that helpful behavior, right? Where in, you know, wine culture where it's like, I had a hard day, give me a glass of wine. Right. There's no judgment attached to that. Sure. But there does become judgment when it's like, I had a bad day. I had a whole bottle of wine, couldn't get up in the morning to go to work, lost my job, right? Those things kind of trickle in it. And it's all about what can we do to change those cycles. Sure. And getting the right tools and know when to implement them, you know, and get that sense of control when you don't have control. Okay, this happened before and this is what I did and this worked. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's so much to it and it's different for each person. So that's the challenge as well. Um, We were also going to talk a little bit about assessment today. One of the things that I really value just in any kind of service that you're getting, right? If you're not feeling good, you go to the doctor and they might run some tests or do some different discussions or have you try some different things. It's no different with mental health and substance use. And so if you're not sure, if you just know you're not feeling right or you feel like there could be something that's different, you can come and do a substance use assessment where you can talk to a drug and alcohol counselor about what that feels like for you and be able to talk about different options. And I think there's a lot of fear sometimes of like, if I go in and talk to someone that I'm committing myself to a uh, year-long program where I don't get to see anybody or have my phone or, right, you know, whatever right. that that television view of what substance use treatment looks like, 
when really it can be a discussion about what your options are. And sometimes that might be going to a one day a week group. It might be meeting with somebody individually. It might be getting connected with a peer recovery specialist. It might just be getting some education on what what are those, you know, red flags or warning signs that maybe you got to come back and, and talk later. Like right now, it sounds like this is happening or you get to learn what's out there because if you're not involved or working in this field, sometimes you don't know that there's more than one type of service uh, that you can participate in. We sometimes think of that Sandra Bullock movie, 28 Days, where you know you get a plant, you get a pet, and then you can be in a relationship, right? <laughs> um and with assessments, too, is you can do a similar assessment with mental health as well, where you're able to just talk about, like, what does therapy look like? What is therapy, right? You see that also on TV or you, you people, talk, or people talk about what it is. And if you're a Gen Xer, people love therapy and they're like, are you seeing a therapist? Like, it's an ongoing thing, I guess, on, like, Tinder or those dating sites, like, back in the 50s, if you saw a therapist, you wouldn't tell anybody. And now it's right. like, oh, you're not seeing a therapist? Right. I'm not going to date you. Totally like, a 180, right, yeah, from what so it used to be, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of value in just being able to have a neutral person, even if you have a really strong support system. Um, I always tell our employees, our staff, all of my friends, um, they if they're listening, they know, um, is healthy people see a therapist. Like healthy right. people reach out and have that person, and it can be a therapist that you see once a month. It can be someone that you see once a week. Um, I know when I was interviewing, I put that in quote, my therapist, she was like, well, what are your goals to know you're done with therapy? I'm like, I never want to be done. I want to be able to maybe call you, you know, not see you for six months and then call you and be like, hey, can I get an appointment Absolutely. and get back on your docket? And she's like, all right. She's like, I don't know if insurance will always cover that. I'm like, that's fine. It's worth the investment um, if you're able to do that too. Right. So, and sometimes really it's not that much in the scheme of things. It really isn't. I mean, you go through all the stuff with insurance and if you look at what it costs, it's not that bad, If you, depending on your financial situation. One more thing before I let you get on with your day-to-day, -day, alumni picnic is coming up, dear. We are super excited about it. Um, it. We've always done like an employee picnic. And one thing that we just have noticed throughout the years is our alumni community is growing um, and they are wanting to be more involved. And in, uh, so we're super excited. It's going to be on August 9th at three o'clock. And I will be put, posting things about it, getting people um, excited and ready. We're going to have just a family fun event, um, have some of our community partners there and just be able to celebrate the the successes of, of the program and our history with Recovering Hope and the clients that are really out there taking what they needed, putting it into action, um, and and finding success in whatever that looks like for, for them when they leave treatment. Um, a lot of our clients do not. I, there's a misconception sometimes that a lot of clients come to Recovering Hope and then stay in Mora. Um, most of our clients return back to the their home communities and their 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 family system and and their support system to be able to use what they they got when they are at recovering hope and and find recovery and how they define it and so we're just excited to have that celebration and and be able to see some familiar faces and also just celebrate the the amazing work that our team does
Absolutely. We'll talk more about that in the next couple, obviously, before the next go-round. What's the best website? And maybe if you have the phone number, if folks are listening, would like to get a hold of you guys. It's www.recoveringhope.life, L-I-F-E, like live your best life, and 844-314-H-O-P-E, 4673. Okay, perfect. Please go there and Find out more. This is a wonderful facility right in our backyard. And Sadie Brockmeyer is the president of Recovering Hope Treatment Facility. And we will find, I know next month, the particular day that you normally come, we are closed. It's Juneteenth. But you and I will find an alternate date. Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. Perfect. Thanks, Sadie, as always.